You're listening to episode 33 of the Broken Glass Podcast, Managing Your Artist Career with a Full-Time Job with Sarah Harrelson. You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Broken Glass Podcast. I have Sarah Harrelson with me today. She is an artist and songwriter, and she also works full-time in the music industry. Um, So welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I am so grateful that you are here with us today. So let's just dive right in. Um, Tell me a little bit about yourself, what you're doing now, and then we'll kind of go back into how you got involved in in music. Sure. So I've been in Nashville for about six and a half years. Um, And for three of those years, I've been working on the business side of the music industry and artist royalties while also supporting myself as a full-time artist and writer. Um, So since I've been in Nashville, I've released two EPs and one self-produced collaborative album. Um, And I've had a few cuts with other independent artists. Um, And currently I'm in their studio recording my next record with my producer. And I'm also producing my own demos to pitch. Wow. So you sound like you're, you're pretty busy. Yes, all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me a little bit. You work full-time as well, too. Um, you work, um, oh, so you work in royalties, right? I do at a record label. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of get to see the business side of it and the artist side of the industry. Definitely. Yeah. Not a lot of people get to say that. Um, so that's pretty cool that you get that experience as well. Um, so let's kind of take it back. Like, how did you get involved in music? Um, what was kind of your starting point? And then how did you get involved in, in Nashville and, and getting, you know, songwriting and all of that? Yeah, so I was born in Alabama and I grew up in Knoxville. Um, I was also heavily influenced musically by my grandfather and by my mother. My granddad played accordion in a bluegrass band and my mom encouraged me to take piano lessons when I was about 14. So I quickly transitioned from sports to music and then in theater when I was in high school. Um, I knew I wanted to go to college for music composition, or songwriting. And when I visited Belmont, I just fell in love with the campus and decided I wanted to learn more about the music business as a whole. So I chose that as my major. Um, And like I said, I always grew up around music. My dad was always playing country music. My mom was playing pop and rock in the oldies. So I just always knew when I was little, I wanted to be a performer and a writer. And so learning about every aspect of the music industry really intrigued me when I moved to Nashville. So I just wanted to learn about like every different facet of the music industry. And I've never really been anything, I've never really been interested in anything else but music. So learning about these different parts of the industry has just benefited me so much as an artist, um, as well as a creator. Yeah, that's amazing. And um, I, I've had a, a friend who went to Belmont and loved it too. So um, mm-hmm. it's, I know she really enjoyed her time there and, and, and 
in the music program. Um, and, and I think too, like you said, like I, I was the kind similar, I went from sports and then into music and got really, really involved. And, yeah. um, you know, when I got to, to college, it was like, oh, I can major in this. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that you don't really, at least I never really thought was a possible major. And then to see that, you know, I could combine my love of, of music and then my kind of my desired path at the time of business and put them into one was just really cool to me. So you work full time and you manage your career. Um, so did your career come first or, you know, did you start working full time and say, OK, I really want to make my artist career, and my songwriting career like my what I want to do? So my artistry and songs will always come first because that's my passion and that's what I love and I need to create and I couldn't imagine a life without it. Um, but I do love working in the industry also. Um, it's helped me in so many ways because obviously I need something to financially support me while I'm, you know, going for full-time artist career. But at the same time, working in the music industry has been an eye opener for what actually goes on in the business side of this industry. And it's helped me as an artist too. Um, So it's definitely given me a leg up while I work towards my dream full time. And my goal is to always be able to transition to supporting myself as a full time songwriter and artist. Yeah. And I think, like you said, it it really benefit you, um, you know, at least learning the royalty side, but you probably also see a lot of what goes into marketing and, and everything that at least is involved with being in a major label, I would think, right? Yeah, definitely. And I took so many internships while I was at Belmont and radio promotions, marketing. Um, I worked in music licensing for a little bit. So I got a little taste of what goes on in every different facet of the industry. And it's helped me so much as an artist. So did um, your, your job at the major label, did that come from your internships? Or what did that, that look like getting into that role where you are now? Yeah, basically that just came from uh, connections. I was working at another job while I was interviewing for this label job. Um, but most of my jobs and internships have just been through connections and experience. Yeah. And that's so important, just networking and and meeting people and, um, you know, utilizing those connections. Right. (laughs) I know a lot of people, I mean, for me, it's like networking is like this terrifying concept. Right. And I don't know about you, but you know, as I was like, I have to do that, I have to do that. Um, what did that kind of look like for you? Um, you know, was that something that you felt like you just had to do or you really enjoyed doing it and getting out and meeting people? Um, I've always really enjoyed networking, but I also felt like, okay, I have to go out and network because everyone's doing the same thing. Right. And we all have the Mm -hmm. same goals but it's really all about who strives to make the connections and really wants to put themselves out there. And, you know, this is an industry where you do need to have connections. You can have all the talent and drive, but you know, at the end of the day, sometimes it is about the connections you have. So I knew I needed to like work my butt off and go out network and make connections. Yeah. And, and what I noticed, and I don't know if this is true about, you know, Nashville and that part of the industry you're in. Um, my full-time job is in music products industry and we just had our big trade show NAM um, last weekend. And what I really noticed is, you know, for as terrified as I was about making connections and talking to people and getting out there, 
everybody, it really felt like a community, you know, everybody was willing to talk to me and to, to help. And I was willing to help and offer advice to other people. Um, and I, I mean, it might be different, you know, where you are, but it just, it feels like, you know, everybody's kind of in it together. Um, no, I agree. I think that's the great thing about the music industry is that we're all striving for the same goal, but at the same time, we're all in this together and we're all trying to help each other get there. Yeah. And you can utilize your connections. You can say, you know, oh, well, you know, this person, um, you know, is, is great at, you know, email marketing, you know, let me pick their brain at that. And, and then you can offer something to them, you know, even like for you, your royalties or, or, you know, I work in customer service, so I can offer advice for customer service. So, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like it's so terrifying. I actually had a friend, um, this weekend, she was supposed to, I was supposed to go to a networking event with her and I was so sick. I was, you know, in bed and she's texting me. She's like, I'm scared. I'm like, don't worry. It's fine. It's, they're really chill. You'll be fine. <laughs> and she texted me after the event. She's like, I don't know what I was so worried about. <laughs> yeah. She's like, it was amazing. So, you know, just, you go and you put yourself out there and, and, you know, it's just, it's what you got to do in this industry, but you can make some really amazing friendships out of it too. I've noticed. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. always willing to meet new people. Yes, that's for sure. Um, and then, you know, you go and you, you know somebody the next time you go, right? You know people and you, you start to become friends of the community. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, yeah. So I can imagine that working full time and trying to run your artist career is pretty hectic. Um, do you, how do you manage that? Like, do you, you know, I mean, as far as, you know, do you use tools, like productivity tools, time management tools, or do you just kind of have it intuition when you're, you're managing that? Cause I know a lot of the listeners are, you know, working full time or trying to get into a job and also trying to manage, um, you know, a career or some kind of business on the side. Um, they're side hustling. Um, how do you manage your, your crazy schedule? Yeah. So time management is definitely key for anything. Um, I mostly just go by intuition. I know some people use apps for, you know, statistics on productivity time and that's great too. Um, but when you have any sort of full-time job on top of being a full-time artist, you need to manage your time. And a lot of musicians do work on the business side of the industry full-time to support themselves. I know I work with a lot of musicians um, at the label. Um, but I really want to utilize any downtime I have while I'm at work. So, you know, any full-time job, you typically have a few mental breaks. Um, so I try to use that time to send out emails for booking shows or booking co-writes, whatever. Even your lunch break can be utilized to make flyers or whatever you want to do. And I know we're all guilty of this, but we all spend so much time mindlessly scrolling on social media. And I, <laughs> I do the same thing, um, yes, but I, I use too. the time to build my social media presence and following. Um, my weekends and evenings are key because that's when I'm free to be a full-time artist and writer. And we do need a break every now and then, but that's my time to work. Um, but I think if you are a full-time artist, you don't really think about it as work because it's your passion. Um, so it can be hard to manage a full-time job and artist career, um, but setting goals with numbers each month really helps me accomplish what I want. And I really couldn't imagine what it would be like to be a full-time artist and have, you know, a family too. So luckily I haven't had to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, um, 
I can, I can agree on that. Like as far as, you know, it, it doesn't feel like work, you know, you, you go to work and then you come home and, and it, it's fun, right? It's your passion. Cause I feel like if, if it wasn't, then you wouldn't be doing it. Right. Right. You wouldn't be wanting to build that up and to make it a career. And I, I feel the same way about, you know, I come home and instead of oh, I have to, I have to create content. I have to reach out. It's like, I get to do this and this is amazing. Right. And this is so much fun. So it's definitely, you know, if you have a passion for something, just, you know, go for it, but also make time for yourself. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Self-care and, and, and whatever. And how do you, what ways do you kind of take some downtime for yourself? Like, to get away from it all. I mean, that's the thing is I feel like we all like really work hard and sometimes overdo ourselves when we're a full-time artist and have a full-time job. So sometimes I just take a, you know, a weekend every now and then or whatever. And I just go hang out with someone or just have alone time or I go to a show or whatever, but constantly going can really run you down so you do need a break every now and then and I also love working out to blow off some steam too yeah it sounds like you and I have the same kind of self-care routine yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I uh, I love working out and 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 trust me you know I I understand the getting run down thing I just uh you know worked 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 work and then got back from the trade show and bam like I was out like yeah you know, you just, you have to take care of yourself, right? You have, you can't just keep going and, and, you know, put yourself on a hamster wheel. You have to step off and, um, you know, just Absolutely. even take a mental break, like take a social media break too. Like take a day where you're just, I'm not going to go on social media. Yes. We yeah. all need that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, kind of stepping into more of kind of like a financial realm, because we've talked about how, you know, you work full time, so you can support your artist career as well. And, you know, live. Um, and a lot of artists do have limited funds and, um, they use, you know, what extra they have from their day job to build their artist career. Um, do you have any advice or tips for artists with limited funds? And, and I guess also kind of part of that too, you know, how, what, in what ways other than, you know, selling a record or getting streaming, can they, um, produce income? Yeah, so this is actually a topic that's kind of come up in conversation for me many times in the past few weeks, because um, I do think artists with limited funds can be discouraged by the many artists in this town that do have unlimited funds, and, you know, artists with unlimited funds can tend to have so much more time and resources to take off their career, and that can be discouraging, but I think in the end what it boils down to is talent and drive. And the ones with great talent who are willing to do whatever it takes with patience, they're usually the ones that thrive. But if you do have limited funds, you know, make a list of what you really need. Um, make a list of studio time, merch, hiring a manager, funds to launch a tour, whatever you're needing. And just spread it out so you're not, you know, constantly putting yourself in debt trying to fund your music career. Um, one thing I've learned, take gigs outside of Nashville that actually pay so you can build up funds for what you need to. I just believe if you're putting yourself out there and, you know, working really hard and have built up your image, it won't go unnoticed by anyone. And um, like you said, a lot of artists are trying to build up their funds by, you know, constantly putting music out and by streams. 
And, you know, it's good to keep putting music out, but I think artists kind of fall into the hamster wheel today of feeling like they need to constantly be putting music out. And I really don't think you should do that because it's just blowing through your catalog. And I feel like you should take your time and patience with the songs that you have and make sure they're great and ready and you have the marketing and promotion ready for that. But the reality of it is you are going to make more money as an independent artist by you know, playing shows outside of Nashville, selling merch, touring. And um, another good facet right now is getting sync placements. Even if you do country music, there's so many different avenues to try to get a film or TV placement for your song that would pay a lot more um, than any other royalty. Yeah, and I guess, you know, royalties are you know, a part of getting paid to, um, do you have any best practices or advice, um, for writers who might be in the beginning stages of figuring all that out? Um, just pretty much do your research first. So if you're planning on a release, make sure you have everything prepared so you can get every potential revenue on your release as possible. Register your works with your PRO and your copyright office. Um, see what your third party distributor can offer you so you're getting your publishing royalties because a lot of us are missing out on the publishing royalties that we're owed if we're independent. Um, and then register any live performance you do with your PRO. I know BMI Live is a great resource. I think ASCAP has one too and you can you know, get some nice change for that. And if you're just a writer and you get a cut with another artist, make sure you're receiving quarterly statements from them and that can be something you don't really necessarily want to handle yourself. Um, so I've come to find Song Trust is a really good resource that'll do the work for you if you're an independent writer or artist to get those missing royalties. I'll have to look into Song Trust. I, I think I've briefly heard their name. Um, one, I, I interviewed somebody um, a couple weeks ago. She works um, for Jamber. I don't know if you've heard of them. And okay. they have, they have an app where you can literally like you're, you know, in the, in the room writing and then you can write then and there do your splits. Um, the app is called Jammer Splits and it'll send everything. You just, once you set it up, you can set, set it up to send to your PRO and, and whatever, wherever it needs to go. Um, and I think that those kinds of tools are useful, right? Like just to, you know, so you're not, you know, a week or two weeks down the line, how much did you write? <laughs> You know, right. Because I think that can get kind of tricky, especially, you know, you're removed from that, that, that scenario, right? Yeah. And there's so many different resources out there. And I know there's a lot of artists that don't really know if the royalties they're receiving is what they're supposed to be receiving. So like, third parties like Song Trust, etc. can do this for you. And they can even find royalties you're owed from YouTube videos you have up. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of want to jump into your career a little bit too. Um, you know, you did mention, um, you know, with the release schedule and a lot of artists just kind of putting, you know, their whole catalog out there. Um, and I, I have noticed and with a lot of people that I've spoken to and just uh, observations of um, the industry, I, I've seen a lot of people starting to do where they release a single every I don't know, three months or so. Mm -hmm. um, is that something that you're kind of, you're starting to follow with your music or are you kind of sticking with more of that EP album release type of schedule? 
I definitely think the single by single is the way to go now because, you know, we're so involved and streaming and wanting more music every week and all the time where, you know, someone just drops a whole EP or album and, you know, it's just too much. Like people listen to it for a week and then they just don't care. And with Spotify and other streaming, we're just so like heavy on playlist right now. So we have to be heavy on the single. So that's something I am planning on doing with my own music is doing, you know, single by single. Um, but I think people, especially pop artists sometimes get in the habit, or at least independent pop artists get in the habit of releasing single after single for, you know, a whole year. And basically it's a whole album and they never put it out as an album and they're just kind of turning over their catalog and they're just not being patient about, you know, getting a solid group of songs together, like a really solid group of songs and then putting it out single by single. I think they're just constantly wanting to put out, you know, brand new music that they just wrote out. Right. Yeah. Not being strategic about it, but just, you know, oh, I wrote this, let me release it. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of the industry, you have to be very strategic. Um, You can't just throw spaghetti at a wall and hope it'll stick um you know release your song put your marketing behind it your social media your connections you know and then you know go into the next one too yeah it's all about being strategic and patient yeah now are you looking to release anything coming up in the near future you said you're kind of going to go to that type of the you know single type of release schedule um do you have anything coming out soon or What's, what's your future plans? Yeah, I'm currently in the studio right now with my producer. And um, right now we just recorded my next single that's going to be um, put out in the next few months. And we're also getting songs together um, for the EP as a whole. So I will have a new single coming out in the next few months. I'll definitely have to follow you and, uh, and make sure I share that with everybody when that comes out. No, thank you. Um, yeah, you're welcome. And and you typically release on Spotify and you know all the kind of major platforms, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely share that as soon as that comes out. Um, yeah, you're welcome. Um, I guess kind of along the same lines too. Um, you know, you go from your full time to your artist career and into the studio. What's that kind of mindset transition like? You know, I, I, I would think that you go from business to, to creative, um, you know, back and forth and back and forth. Is it is an easy shift or, you know, do you kind of have to get yourself in like an entrepreneurial mindset for the whole time? Or how, does, how do you really kind of handle that? Yeah, I mean, some days it can be really hard transitioning from full-time job to, you know, going to a ride or playing a show and some days I have a lot of energy and I'm just like ready to take on whatever after work and some days you know I'm slow and don't really feel like doing it so it can be hard to get in the mindset Um, but you know if you want to make it as an artist you do have to get in the entrepreneur mindset and you know make yourself stand out and put in the work if you want to be seen so I just kind of keep the mindset of like setting myself apart from all the others and stick with my schedule and basically about how I can make my music different and production. Um, 
show so we all show our individual personalities through music but i think it's definitely about how we present it and how much effort we're putting into it um so i think every artist if they have a full-time job or not they always need to be thinking like an entrepreneur um and you know taylor swift is always a good example of this and just putting her own ideas into her own marketing I was just going to mention her. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, you know, I, I haven't followed her as much since she left country, um, yeah. and became more pop, but I still, I still see her on the like entrepreneurial point of view. And I, I kind of watch what she does and, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. You know, I mean, she, she goes, you know, she'll trademark things and, um, the way, you know, in her videos and uh, when she performs on stage, the way she integrates, you know, different things in, into her performances and the videos. I think it was one of her last videos. They said that, you know, she had, I guess, the song, I think it was the song titles were like Easter eggs throughout the video. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, she's, she's an amazing example. Like you said, like just to to look at her, you know, from an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial standpoint, right? And just see what she does. Yeah. And that's one thing about her is she's always ahead of the game and she's kind of seeing what everyone else is doing and just even getting ahead of her own marketing team and figuring out what she can do to, you know, um, keep being relevant and standing out. Well, and her fan engagement too, right? Because I've Absolutely. seen... I've seen her invite fans to listening parties and, and really reach out to them. If, if she sees them, you know, hears about somebody struggling. Um, I think that's a huge thing too. It's, you know, it's, it's, you really have to find that connection. And you had mentioned too, going on social media and how can you, you know, build your community there. Um, how, how do you, besides, you know, going on like Instagram, how do you build up your own kind of fan community? Well, I like to think about what's something that no one else has done that I can do. What's something mark with marketing with my next single or my social media or whatever that no one else has done that will really bring attention to people. Um, and besides social media, just connecting with people at shows. Um, if you really like connect and build engagement with those people after your shows make sure they're wanting to follow you after and keeping up with you then that's a great way uh, to build organic fan engagement i think a lot of people are always promoting their post but it doesn't really matter if your content isn't there right yeah yeah and you know i don't know if you do this but i have seen artists where after the show you know, after they perform, they'll go over to the merch table and they'll go hang out there and, yeah. and get to meet people in person. I've had some of my favorite artists do that. And it's, it's really cool to just, you know, see them, you know, they didn't go hide in the green room and, or, right. you know, go back to their bus. They went out and they really want, it, it seems it's very genuine and authentic, right? They really want to get to know people. And um, that really, truly helps with building that community and engagement as well. Yeah, and that's the greatest way to build fan is fans is just being genuine and authenticity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so shifting gears a little bit, um, this podcast um, is called the Broken Glass Podcast because we really want to highlight women in music um, and how they, you know, got to where they are in their careers. Um, 
And one of the things that I always ask everybody is, you know, about their, their journey and, um, you know, if they came across any kind of resistance and how they overcame it. I know, you know, you're more, you're a country artist and it has kind of a stigma of being such a, a boys club. And we do see, you know, artists like, you know, Mary Morris and Kelsey Ballerini really stepping up, you know, especially in the last year or two. Um, and they've, they've had some amazing careers. Um, and I was just curious, have you come across any resistance um, either as an, an artist or even in your, you know, as an industry professional? And if you did, how did you overcome that? Yeah, so along the way of being in Nashville, I have, you know, overcome like certain situations where I did feel like maybe I was being taken advantage, advantage of because I was a female. But in general, I was never really worried about entering music due to the stigma of it being a boys club. Um, because I think what really matters is your talent and your artistry rather than gender in the genre. Um, but what did worry me was how saturated the industry was. And that's what really made me kind of second guess myself at times rather than, you know, being a female. But, um, you know, if you believe in yourself and others believe in you, I don't think there's truly anything stopping you regardless if you're a female or not. Um, but the industry is already seeing a plethora of female leadership that's making waves like Leslie Fram with the CMT music video. And I really do think country radio can and will get better for female artists because, you know, that is the main concern right now. Um, and I love that Kelsey Ballerini showed awareness of it. Um, I believe it was last week. And some of the responses from male radio programmers are still just unacceptable, but I still do think we can make a difference. And, you know, all of us, if you're a female in country music, you're going to, you know, find hurdles where like a male radio programmer is not going to want you or you're going to have issues with male booking agents who don't really want to book you or only want to book you during a certain time. And sometimes you just got to learn to say no and move on to better offers. Right. Yeah. I re actually remember seeing that post um, that Kelsey posted. She um, mm -hmm. had replied or I guess it was probably on Twitter. Um, yeah. And I, I remember reading it and being like, are you serious? <laughs> like, I know, you know, we can't play two females back to back. Astounding. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it kind of goes back too to that. Um, uh, it was several months ago is uh, Martina McBride. Um, she had gone on to, I think it was Spotify. And she was going through like a, a playlist. And she had to keep refreshing it. Because it was kept like it, she couldn't find any females in the playlist. Oh my goodness. And yeah, and she was, um, I think she was doing Instagram stories like as it was happening. And, you know, it was just, it's just shocking. And, and you know, too, I've noticed, I listen to, um, I listen to country, I listen to alt radio. And I've noticed on both, like I'll, if I'm driving like a long distance or, I'm, you know, I live in LA, so I'm usually sitting in traffic um, mm -hmm. and I'm listening and it's like, okay, that's another male artist. That's another male artist. And it's, it's not strictly country, like even alt music. And I actually did, um, probably about a year or two ago, I went back through, um, one of the LA radio stations. Um, I went to their website and they have recently played 
songs and I went back and I think I, there was maybe one song in it that was female. And it's just, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, and I think too, what we're, you know, these kinds of things where, you know, we're forming groups like, um, you know, you and I found each other in music as besties and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm a part of, of, uh, smart women in music, which is, um, a, a group for women in the uh, music products industry. And, and there's a lot of different groups out there really trying to raise awareness. Um, not, not even that too, just really trying to help each other out, right. Lift each other up. Um, and I think that will help us, right. Like these connections that we make with each other and really supporting each other and, and sharing across social and, you know, highlighting each other when new releases come out, you know, so we can, you know, just share, share in the new music and, and, and how amazing, you know, the talent is, right? Um, yeah, I think our and, actions and our words are definitely not going unnoticed, especially with all the hype from, um, you know, female artists that are on the radio today and, you know, females working on the business side of the industry. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, I know my, my company where I work full time, um, I think I want to say it's like 40% of the company is, uh, is, is female. So, you know, we're getting there. Yeah. Um, so we, we talked about your, you know, your, your EP and your new songs that are coming out. Is there anything else that you're kind of looking forward to coming up in the future? Um, mostly this year, I'm just focusing on the new music that I'm recording and I'm releasing. Um, and I do feel like the material I'm recording now is kind of a whole new level for me and a whole new level of maturity that I found in my music and I feel like I've really found my brand this year so I am excited to share it with everyone and I'm excited to see what will come out of recording and writing for my producers company and I'm just excited to make more um, connections as usual this year and the shows that are to come this year yeah that's amazing well if you ever come to LA let me know (laughs) sure and I will be there and bring all my, my, my female friends. Um, so kind of wrapping up a little bit here. Um, do you have any resources you'd recommend for other women looking to start in the music, in the music industry, either as songwriter or industry professional? Yeah. So, um, for an industry professional, maybe like start by joining music groups on social media. Um, there's so many resources, like we talked about music biz besties for females. There's Yap. There's just so many different groups where you can find connections on social media, even even local places, whether you live in Nashville, LA, LA, wherever to gain more experience. Um, Usually you can ask anyone to go out to coffee with you who's willing and they'll let you just pick their brain about, you know, whatever you want to learn. Buy some books about the industry if you're wanting um, to learn more, but not wanting to take a class. Um, write down your goals every year, what you want to accomplish, and just find out how to do something if you want to know how to do it. Um, But most importantly, be willing to be patient, whether you're an artist or working in the industry, because if music is something that you really want to do, and you can't imagine doing anything else, then you will find a way to do it. I love that. Yeah, you definitely have to, to be patient, but also persistent. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any uh, favorite books or podcasts that uh, inspire you in your career or in your your music? 
Yeah, so I have um, a few different favorite podcasts. Um, one, I really love the Bobby cast. Um, I just love Bobby Bones' voice in general because I feel like um, I can zone out in podcasts and I really pay attention to his voice. Um, so I like that to listen to different artists. He usually has a lot of new artists and songwriters he's interviewing. Another podcast I really like is called And the Writer Is. And they just interview different songwriters on there and basically go about everything they've written. It's usually just all their hits and the stories behind those songs. Yeah, I've listened to that one before. I love it. Um, yeah, it's really, it really good to hear. And I'm not a songwriter, but I still love to listen to it and to hear the stories and, and mm-hmm. how, they, how they get to that. I think one of my favorite ones was uh, Andy Grammer. Was oh, on that there. one's good. Yeah, he's... Um, He's pretty amazing. He's very uh, uh, charitable, and, and I just love hearing him and seeing what he does. Um, but yeah, I, I'll have to check out the Bobby cast. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, it's just Bobby Bones' own podcast, but he interviews a lot of great people, too. Um, there's one more I really like. Um, it's called Song Exploder. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Yeah, I... Um, who did I... Uh, Rachel Platten was one of the ones I listened to on that. Yeah. But that one's cool because they just go through one song with the artist and just dissect it and the story and the production and everything. Yeah. All right. I'll link to those that uh, my audience wants to, to connect with that or to, to listen to them. Um, but yeah, and I'm definitely going to check out the Bobby cast for sure. Yeah. Um, I also have a book mm-hmm. recommendation too. Okay. Um, so one that's good for, well, basically artists and music industry professionals, but, um, someone I entered for actually wrote this, but it's called the music industry doesn't have to kill you by John Clore. And basically it's just different interviews and excerpts of just anyone in the industry who have gone through a lot of struggles and how they have overcame that to get where they are in the music industry. Because I think, you know, all of us deal with the struggles in our career and it can range in different struggles, but it's definitely a powerful book if you're feeling down or doubtful about yourself. Yeah. I haven't heard of that one. I'm, that's interesting. I'm definitely going to have to go get that one from Amazon. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, so just, uh, one last question. Um, where can my fans connect, my, my fans and my audience, uh, connect with you, uh, on social or, or, you know, find your music. Yeah. All my music and social media is just under Sarah Harrelson. Um, I'm sure you'll have the spelling out there, but <laughs> I'm the only one who spells Harrelson with an A-L-S-O-N. So when you look up that name, you'll find me. Okay. <laughs> I will. Uh, and I'll link to that too, um, to your socials. So um, awesome. in the show notes, anybody can find you. So um, this was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today, Sarah, and telling uh, us your story about how you got started in the industry. Um, I think it's going to be very inspirational for, for everyone listening. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And if anyone ever has questions about royalties or just anything, they can always reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Broken Glass Podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. 
If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.